0: Now, Dixon Yoon is without doubt a multimedia artist with a solid foundation in photographic art, traditional painting, and now jewellery art. He's created some exquisite items that reflect the richness of China that marry both classical elegance and modern chic. Sotheby's in Hong Kong has been collaborating with Dixon to raise funds for the Needle and Thread Charitable Foundation by hosting a special auction tomorrow that includes some very unique items. To find out more about it, I'm delighted to be able to talk to Dixon Yoon, artist and contemporary Chinese jeweller, and he's on Zoom at the moment. Good afternoon to you.
1: Hello. Hi. Good afternoon.
0: <laughs> Lovely to nice have you to on the program. Um, yes. Dixon, it seems like
1: we are live uh, on TV. Oh, I'm, you know,
0: yes, because I'm watching you through Zoom, you see. So I have to, it, I have a screen in front of me and I can see Dixon sitting in his living room or something. <laughs> perfect. Yes. So now, Dixon, um, this is a very special sort of fundraising auction for you. And can you tell me a little bit more about the aim of the auction?
1: Well, the aim of the auction is pretty simple because, you know, uh, with auction houses, they really relied on uh, beautiful artwork, right? And artwork, where does it come from? It comes from, you know, your pair of pen. You have to have good crafts. You have to be able to create art. You know, art is created through humans, ingenuity. Oh, sorry, there's the alarm. Oh,
0: <laughs> turning it's it's on
1: next one. That's right, um, it's so, gone. So, <laughs> so, so all art pieces are done by all, all artists, and all artists are either trained professional at school or they are, you know, the skill being passed on. So a lot of the traditional craft in um, China is being lost. Um, You know, when you look at, just simply look at the jewelry world. I mean, in in Hong Kong, uh, the average age for a jeweler, for a craftsman is about 45 years old. There's pretty much no young people getting into Mm -hmm. the Mm trade, And then those people in my workshop, they average about 47 years old. I mean, they range from 41 is the youngest to like 62. So when you average house, I actually didn't do the math after COVID. Maybe the average age actually has gone up because some young people, I think the 41 years old left. <laughs> 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 I mean, he it Yeah. So not only in the Jewish world, but in a lot of um, um world, uh, for example, Chinese lacquer. I mean, Chinese export silver, you know, Canton export silver used to be one of the flourishing trade that, you know, the European, they indulge in chinoiserie and they love everything, you know, not actually uh, designed by Chinese, designed by European, but made in China, you know, those crafts are gone. I mean, mean, so, you know, um, I did work with many auction house houses in the past, but for this, uh, ten years—not so much, mm-hmm. you know. Because I have my own shops, I might, you know, if I have my own shops, it's kind of hard to work with them because I don't want, you know, the auction price ended up crashing with my
0: right. Okay,
1: price in the shop.
0: So strategic sort but of work. This time is
1: special. This time is special because, uh, the purpose of this collaboration is to help this embroidery, beautiful embroidery, which is going to be lost. Uh, in the uh, Guizhou uh, uh, my, my minority group. I mean, there are many minorities uh, in China who specialize in a lot of craft, like from lacquer to embroidery to like uh, croissant enamel, all sorts of things. But uh, if you know, we don't protect them and then bring them back to the contemporary lifestyle work, you know, they're going to be disappeared. Mm. If we don't leave the lifestyle, it's going to be gone. You know, things that you don't use, you just either, if it's good quality, it's going to go to the museum. If it's average quality, it's going to be gone.
0: Okay. Yes. So, and then we don't
1: want lifestyle to be just museum, visiting sure. museum. Yes. You know, you should bring the museum stuff and contemporize it. It's about reviving
0: know, it, isn't it? And, and live it. it. Yes, that's live right.
1: Life, okay. life, life, life stuff.
0: So, so. so the funds that you, you know, are trying to raise for the Needle and Thread Charitable Foundation, how will they be used? So obviously, as you said, you know, to, to go back and, and make people more aware of these crafts that exist yeah. and perhaps encourage more young people, encourage others, pe- other people to get more involved in them?
1: Well, the, uh, the fundraising is initiated by uh, an advisor for It's called Jennifer Jiang. And then unfortunately, she's not with us now. But then basically, uh, immediately after the fund is being raised, uh, she will be setting up workshops in Hang- Hangzhou and workshops in Guizhou, uh, sort of to uh, bring this craft, made it available. I believe that uh, this collaboration is also with Zara. Um, no, the mother company of Z- Zara. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will be the one uh, donating the most fun. Uh, I have to check the mother okay. company of Zara. Right. It's actually the biggest Spanish listed company.
0: No. Uh, do
1: Yeah, so will be setting me. up a workshop to, to uh, you know, bring this and and and, and teach more people mm-hmm. to 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 learn the craft.
0: Yeah. Yes. So do tell me about the four collectible items that you've got um, on offer in this, uh, in this auction, because I have got some pictures here from your press release, and um, yeah, absolutely stunning. I've been drooling over them yes. since this uh, morning. Beautiful pieces. Yeah. So just describe exactly what it is that you're going to be offering.
1: Uh, I donated four pieces, but uh, these two pieces are, are especially special. Uh, one of the pieces, uh, um, two of both of the pieces are made with not only precious stones and metal, but they are with precious wood too. I mean, with wood, wood you rarely really find in the uh jewelry world. Uh, you probably get a few brands to do it, but then you know the most luxury brand you don't usually find it. Why? Because wood is so difficult. Because first of all uh, you know you have to age them after they're being cut you have to age them you have to let it sit for a couple decades mm-hmm. I mean not <laughs> you I mean for <laughs> it to sort of air to dry yeah so then uh, so then when you incorporate it with jewelry it's not going to crack it's not gonna to you know because with your humidities and dryness it's going to crack mm-hmm. so we can kind of master the tray I borrowed the tray from the furniture, uh, Chinese furniture making business. And then I sort of learned the trade myself and I also learned wood sculptures in Tai Taipei, uh, you know, from a master. So I sort of master the technique of wood. Mm-hmm. And then I also borrowed the innate technique from Chinese furniture making and then incorporated in the jewelry making. And uh, one of the pieces is actually the National Butterflies of China. I mean, I I have studied and worked with Jewry historians in the past, and uh, it's very few that you see Jewry jewel butterflies that people can recall the names. Mm-hmm. I mean, this butterfly, uh, Golden Kaiser Einheim, um, oh, it's, beautiful. it's a long name. I mean, it's not an easy yeah. name for yeah. people to remember, but there are easy to remember names, it's like the blue morpho, the yam fly from Malaysia, you know, the African giant swallowtail. Oh. I mean, the reason I created this series of butterfly is because one day I was sitting down with a Jewish historians and we were just drinking and we we're making it back. Hey, I tell I told my jewel historian friend, if you could find three butterflies in 7,000 years of Jewish history, made by any king or jeweler, Lali, Cartier, Wyndcliffe, and Apple. More than three pieces, you can name the original name and the species of the butterfly. I'll give you a free butterfly jewel for free. Right. Then he took up the challenge. Uh-huh. He didn't seriously look, but he did spend two, three days looking around, browsing around his archives. He couldn't find it. <laughs> right. And I won. I mean, he. I didn't give him... I mean, what he lost is he owed me a dinner. <laughs> so um, then he seriously really looked you know in the history of jewelry not only jewelry but in fashion and fine art it's so strange flower and butterflies are the most commonly uh, used beautiful motif in art Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yet very few people can name the butterfly but many people can name the flowers
0: so do you think that the butterflies when they are produced in jewellery, um, they're just a bit crude maybe some of the ones that are produced that there's no real identification to show which butterfly it is? No, well, I mean,
1: I mean when, when you buy a flower from Chanel, you know it's mm-hmm. camellia. When you buy it from Waincliffe mm-hmm. and Apple, you know it's Alhambra. When you buy it from me, it's Peony. But then when you buy a butterfly, you talk to the salesperson. It's just say, a, butterfly. It's a butterfly. Yeah. It's is uh, Wencliff and apple butter? No, I mean the species. What's the original name? Okay. Like blue marble. Uh, I don't know. I have to check my because there is a bit.
0: Then you then you do think there's certain sort of misinterpretation going on here in terms of when when people design I mean, these big, things.
1: Yeah, it's like the world has become like all oh, the women don't, uh, you know. You don't deem to have a name. Only men can have a name. Yeah. Men are flowers. Women yeah. are butterflies. <laughs> so, oh, you woman. It's the detail, isn't it? Yeah, you're just a woman.
0: Yeah, it's the detail. You know, yeah. when yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. you look at the jewelry world, I, 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 I have, uh, you know, I, 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 grew up as an art artist, but then I was in the jewelry world for ten years before I become back an art artist again. I know how jeweler use the stone in jewelry. They just buy a bag of stone and throw. I mean the easiest way to use up all the stone is to put in the butterfly
0: yeah well I suppose you know we don't really think about you know the intricacies that you're looking at you've really obviously studied it and it is very close to your heart but generally you know people just see it and and they just see a butterfly and and that's it I mean the picture if people want to see what this butterfly actually looks like you can go over to my Facebook page Osmani on Radio 3 RTHK all of the high resolution shots are there of the pieces and you can actually see exactly what um, is being talked about at the moment. Now, you've actually, you know, done a lot with this jewelry. What has been the most challenging part of it for you? Because these are beautiful pieces, and I'm sure you didn't do those overnight. What was the big challenge?
1: Well, I've been doing uh, jewelry for 21 years, and uh, I remember my first uh, exhibition of jewelry was actually in the Fine Art Gallery. The the first creation I I made was handmade by myself in sterling silver and I exhibit in an art gallery. Uh, the most difficult part, I wouldn't consider myself to be a typical jeweler. I more consider myself as an art artist. And my goal is to bring back Chinese culture
0: mm. into,
1: into con- contemporary jewelry world. Or, you know, to bring back Chinese culture into one of the woman important lifestyles of wearing beautiful bling bling Mm-hmm. But not only showing how wealthy you are, but showing your you know, your cultural heritage True. of showing where you're from. I mean, when you when you get a chance, now we're a global citizen. You know, we have a lot of occasions to travel a lot of places like you and America. Imagine an American and European looked at you. And what you're wearing are all covered couple of Western brands and Western jewelry. Mm. How would they look at you? Mm. I mean, imagine imagine the world is being reversed and this globalized world is by Eastern culture, by Indian and Chinese. I mean, imagine all the European and French people coming to India and China and showcasing how, you know, the knowledge of Chinese and Indian culture, they're wearing Indian jewelry, they're eating Indian Chinese food. You know, when you look at it, you say, "Wow, well, it's nice, but then you're not as good as we are because we are the originator of the culture yeah, and yeah. things like that, right?
0: That's a huge <laughs> task. And I think, yeah. you know, certainly these pieces are promoting those things. And, you know, do you find um, that you, you know, young people, like you mentioned earlier on that there's quite a few in your workshops, there's not many young people. How do we get young people more interested in, in some of the great craft that you're doing?
1: I mean it's difficult enough to get them off the phone nowadays.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How can you
1: get them off their iPhones and handphones and get them to focus on something real? You know, uh uh I think it's a global trend. It's really hard to unless you really destroy all the handphones and the computers they have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a bit of a challenge.
1: <laughs> yeah. How do you get them interested in it? Um, I think the country and the government has to do something, yeah, you know?
0: yeah.
1: And, and you know, in terms of ed- education, they really need to revive it. they need, need to bring something new uh, uh, which the government I think, is doing something. I
0: yeah. mean,
1: the China, uh, I'm happy to hear that they're bringing Chinese medicine back into the school in primary school. They actually took out English as a required uh, exam in primary school. I'm so happy to hear that. You need, only need to know Chinese and mathematics, and you don't need to sit for English exam in primary school. And what they replace it with? With Chinese medicine, okay. TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. Okay. That's great. I mean, That's it's something more practical. I mean, maybe all oh, of... Maybe only all oh, 5% of Chinese Chinese population needed to know foreign, a foreign language, maybe 10% or 20% the most. Why would you suffocate you know, the whole country to learn a foreign language they'll never use in their life? I mean, it's great to replace it with TCM. No mm. it's more practical and
0: and I think certainly they it would be good to have something much more on the heritage side of things with art and and you know because I think your your background you've obviously with with photographic art, with traditional painting, all of that has sort of come together for you to bring the best into the jewelry as well, hasn't it
1: yeah i I'm lucky that I wasn't really exactly being brought up in the uh, tra- traditional fine jewelry world uh you know um fine jewelry and like painting sculptures and everything for me it, it's just a tour it's just a me- medium of expressions so i'm glad that i i i was uh, have a chance to explore uh, the fine art world uh, with different techniques to sculptures ceramics and all these kind of things
0: mm. yes. now um, you're, you're kind of being quite low-key about some things because you know Michelle Obama in 2011 she actually bought something off you too didn't she so what did she get
1: Oh, it was a great surprise to me because I didn't know that she had the rain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, uh, it took a week after, and a Danish designer friend of mine actually uh, uh, told me, and I didn't believe him. So he <laughs> scanned his, the Hollow magazine of the Danish version and sent it to me I said, well, give me a copy. I can't <laughs> believe that. You know, at, at that time, I, I thought the only way I could get a picture is from the Danish version of the Holland magazine. Oh, there's Associate Press. I can actually go on website and download So, dump so
0: which item did she choose? Yeah. What was her choice? It was,
1: it was uh, my iconic square ring. Uh, another thing, oh, in the auction, there's actually a square, a white J square ring that you should look into. Oh. It's the lowest uh, auction item. It's only $50,000. It's totally worth the price. But okay. then I'm also the king of square ring in the world. So I when mean, you
0: say square rings, can you, can you describe the one that's, I'm quite interested in this one now, I the mean, one in the orchard? I, I, like
1: I want to tell, you know, I'm not Columbus. I'm not the one who discovered America. But then it's like, you know, when I introduced square ring in 2003, no one believes that square ring could sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I was telling them that it's as if I'm in Renaissance Europe. Say I'm telling the people, telling people that the world is round, it's not square, and people don't <laughs> believe me. <laughs> I mean, flat, not square. Oh, then my. now they all know that the Earth is square. I mean, round, not flat. So <laughs> since 2003, I've been telling people that you can wear square ring, not only round. They don't believe me until Michelle Obama wore it.
0: Oh, all right. Well, I'll have to investigate and see what it looks like. I was just trying to Google to see if I can find So it. <laughs> since she awarded, I mean, in
1: 2003 to 2011, I perhaps only sold three rings in like seven years, eight years. And After suddenly, she ordered, yes. Suddenly, almost all my point of sales in the world, every point of sales, every month, sells like three or four. Wow. So I, I I believe I have sold thousands of square That's rings. That's
0: fantastic.
1: I mean, it's very iconic when you go around the world and ask who, who did the best squaring in the world. That's me.
0: It's you, without a doubt. Um, can I ask you one last thing, actually? Um, what have you got planned now? Now, this, uh, you know, this um, auction will take place tomorrow and I hope that you'll raise loads. They'll, you, you know, get lots of funds out of this to help people. Um, any future plans now? Uh, what have you got in mind now? Like you, you concentrated on butterflies. Anything else on the cards?
1: Um, yes. I mean, since 2013, I have been stopping to do like the traditional jewelry uh, exhibition. I've been doing the Contemporary Art Show. So I'll be showcasing my work more and more in Contemporary Art Fair. So the next one will be Art Central during the Art Basel timeframe. It's going to be at the Convention Center, same at Art Basel Hong Kong. So it's been like five years that I've been showcasing my work in Contemporary Art fairs. Mm-hmm. Not the jewelry fair, not the traditional European fine art fair, mm-hmm. but contemporary art fair, which is also something new for a jeweler because you rarely find uh, artists who use uh, uh, jewelry art in contemporary art fairs. Right. So this is something new coming up, and then I will be breaking a lot of trade traditions and use uh, jewelry art to speak about art.
0: Great. Well, I look forward to it. And I hope that you will keep in touch with me so that I can, you know, plug what you're doing next. Um, Dixon, thank you so much. me on
1: WhatsApp.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I will. Dixon, thank you very much for coming on the show today. And I wish you luck with the auction tomorrow. It's been lovely speaking to you. Thank you ever so much. See lots
1: of people tomorrow. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, well, I'm going to have to see now. I'm on air tomorrow, so, you know, I was drilling over these things, so I'll have a look into it anyway. But thank you ever so much okay. for your time today. All right, then. Yeah. Time is um, four minutes to two o'clock. We're coming up to the news on the hour, but before